you know, with these digital assets, I don't, there's nowhere you can go to like withdraw your frequent flyer miles. They'll let you use them on a plane ticket, but you can't have them other than that. YouTube is not going to print out all of your videos and mail them to you. It just, it doesn't exist. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Welcome into Complete Estate Planning alongside Nick Rosenbauer, estate planning attorney and the owner at Rosenbauer Law Office. I am Ben George. And I like today's conversation. Um, our podcast today is going to focus all on the digital world. We've moved more and more digital in everything we do. And really, it's been expedited, I think, over the last year with year plus with COVID. We've all gone online. We work virtual. We're more to more comfortable on our computer. But what happens, Nick, to those digital assets that you have when you pass away? That's what we're going to discuss today. Oh, boy. Um, and, and guys, I'll be honest with you for all of our listeners. I am probably technologically below average, I think, for my age <laughs> range. And it's weird because technically, and, and Ben, I, I don't know the exact year, but technically, I guess I'm considered a millennial. And I think um, millennials go all the way back to like being born in like 1980. Yeah. Um, which is weird because the first computer, I mean, we had a computer in our house growing up, but the first computer we had had five inch floppy disks and ran DOS. That's what I. That's what I had. You right. Had, you had to type in like uh, whatever the command was in order to prompt it to start up whatever was on the disk. Yeah, it was. Um, I, I and I remember being a nerd, of course, but I guess people figured that out by now. <laughs> I'm a chess fan, and I had a battle chess game on our old DOS computer. So like you had all the characters, and when you moved, they would like you know the knight would gallop over and mm-hmm. they would like attack and they'd get out a sword and like chop down the piece that they took and of course i'm eight years old and think this is amazing really crummy graphics for those of you who remember things like that but you're exactly right you couldn't just fire up the computer you had to you know cd backslash run dot exe right you know forward (laughs) slash whatever so you know what i'm talking about but i'm technically considered a millennial even though i don't i mean i had a computer growing up but i sure as heck didn't use one as a kid and my first cell phone i was a senior in high school and it was the old nokia uh the blue one (laughs) where you had the detachable faceplate and Mm -hmm. had the original snake um which was amazing yeah. By the way, yeah. Snick and Snake and Brick Breaker. If you ever had one of the Blackberries with the little scroll pad or the rollerball, mm-hmm. um, those are the two best cell phone games of all time, no question. But so I, I, although I am technically considered an old millennial, I grew up with computers in the house, but I can't say I grew up using them uh, per se. Right. Um, shoot, and you probably remember this, Ben. My first internet. Remember they used to send you those CDs in the mail for like a free mm-hmm. dial-up trial? I think yep. it was... AOL. Uh, AOL. Remember Net Zero? That's it, yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> we had Net Zero, 10 hours of free dial-up internet a month, or for Net Zero Platinum, 
It was ten dollars a month. You had to pay for it, but you got unlimited. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fifty six K or fifty four K. I think it's fifty six K dial up internet. So but yeah, guys, so and from talking on this before we got started, I think Ben actually may have more knowledge on, you know, some of the subject matter here than than I do. Um so we're gonna we're gonna be you know, having Ben be co-pilot here, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, we're going to talk about some of our our digital assets, and hopefully, he can help out because I'm the old school guy who still uses uh, paper notebooks, uh, mechanical watches, and I like fountain pens. Yeah. So I'm totally opposite, and I don't have Facebook. So, yeah. um, but we have a lot to talk about here, mm-hmm. and it's not just those. There's I mean, everyone at least has an email account now, and a lot of things have come up that'll make it pretty difficult. But uh, Ben, you're going to be our tech expert today. <laughs> well, yeah, we're talking about a number of different things here too. You know, when you think digital, there's probably a lot of things that come to mind. But you know, we're talking email, you know, cloud-based stuff, social media, cryptocurrency, which is a bigger thing now. All these things kind of fall under the under that umbrella of digital assets. But what do you do with them, right? What, what happens to them? So that's what we're going to go through today on this episode of the podcast. We're going to put it up online, as we always do, at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. There you'll find plenty of other resources as well. But there's a, a button to schedule a call with Nick right there on the front. So if you want to discuss, if you have questions about our conversation today or just want to discuss your estate plan uh, in more detail, you can always get in touch with Nick right there on the website, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. So listen, we know... You know, social media accounts are everywhere. We cannot avoid them. We all we all have one, whether or not we, we get into it a whole lot or not, it's a different question, but we all, for the most part, register an account. And, you know, with people in the U.S., they have accounts on all kinds of different platforms. And then to throw in Bitcoin, which is in the news all the time right now, I think it's at $60,000 as of recording this. <laughs> um, it just brings up this question about what happens with this stuff, because we always talk about a house, right, or a car, these physical items that we, we have, these tangible things that we can pass on. And then, our, of course, the traditional assets like a, a retirement account and, and cash. But let's talk digital assets. So just kind of let's talk, Nick, just kind of explain what, what all kind of falls in this category. I kind of touched on it, but what else falls under this umbrella? Well, and, and I'm glad you, you listed a few of those things because there is this is a broader topic than people people realize. Um, and, and digital assets, you know, what comes to your mind is a lot different than what comes to the mind of the next person. So we're talking about anything that is either stored or accessed, sometimes even owned electronically, online, or in digital format. So your Gmail account or your iCloud account. Obviously, most people with the smartphones, whether it's Android or iPhone, I know my phone, all the pictures, I think, get stored in the cloud. I have an Android, so Mm -hmm. I can go to my Gmail account and all of my phone's pictures are there. Those are assets. Those are things. They may not be worth a whole lot, but there is that is property of mine that is stored digitally. Um, your social media accounts, you know, your Facebook may not be worth a whole lot, but what about you know these accounts where there are businesses um, and advertising? Like I'll tell you what, Ben, um, Coca Cola's Twitter account is probably worth a fortune, right? right. I mean, think about Coca Cola or one of these big celebrities. Right. Let's say we have, um, I, I don't know, pick a pick any any celebrity. Let's say, let's just say the the president. Okay, and any president. Okay, I'll bet 
you know, Joe Biden tweeting something gets things to a lot of people. Uh, I'm sure, uh, of course, I don't think he's on Twitter anymore. Um, if I own Donald Trump's Twitter account, you can talk to a lot of people. Barack Obama's, uh, George Bush, Bill Clinton. So any of these big names, um, or let's go with an athlete. Throw out uh, an Ohio State uh, Shout out here, uh, Ryan Day, uh, coach of uh, Ohio State football team. There is some value to those social media accounts because they have millions of followers, and you know you can get a lot of advertising or a lot of message out. Obviously, the news organizations have Twitter and Facebook, mm-hmm. so there's something to be said there. Also, if you have your own website, maybe some content, maybe some reports, maybe some blog posts. Here's a good one for you, Ben, although I don't know how many people are using them right now. What about those frequent flyer miles or your credit card points? Right. Where are those? I mean, apart from your Delta frequent flyer card, when you log in, you know, are those anywhere? You can't go into the bank and withdraw those. Those are stored online only. Um, If anyone's into YouTube or video channels of some sort, heck, I go to YouTube Ben, if I have a uh, a problem with my car or you know something, maybe my refrigerator isn't working. You would be surprised how much YouTube can can help. YouTube has basically become my um, my mechanic guide for anything. And you have some of these people who have millions and millions of followers for all the how to videos they put up, and they make money on advertising. So that's worth something. Um, if any people out there are maybe in the artistic world, maybe they have written some music, um, done some paintings, uh, some plays, some movie scripts, intellectual property, licensing, royalties, uh, name and image and likeness, Ben, for, uh, right. for college athletes now. Obviously, that's been a, a big thing this year. So these college athletes who are getting a fortune— um, in advertising money, but you know their name, image, and likeness—it's not something you can put in the bank. Okay, so digital assets there, online banking and investing accounts, Capital One, Ally, Venmo, Robinhood. Venmo doesn't have any bank branches like Chase hmm. or PNC, right? So yeah. you have to think about that. And then um, our favorite here, at least for for Ben, you know these cryptocurrencies, so these digital. It's digital money. So uh, I know Bitcoin is the big one. Uh, you know, Ben could probably tell you there's other ones as well, but Bitcoin's the one most people think of. And this is not a bar of gold. It is not a hundred dollar bill that you can put in your hand. It's all held and stored digitally. So again, long story short, uh, just like Ben had alluded to, a lot of different uh, pieces fall under the umbrella of digital assets. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty big umbrella and it's I think it's even going to continue to grow more and more like to the You're point right. to where our you know most of our lives are going to be digital. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know that you and I'll be hanging out in uh, you know, virtual concerts together, Nick, so to speak, but there are going to be a lot of people <laughs> that do that, right? Like where you live in like what they ca- are calling a metaverse where you know, you 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 live in the digital realm um, and operate a completely different, like a different life, and hang out with people and, and everything else there. So, we're all going that direction, whether Holy you're prepared cow. for it or digital not. Digital concert, <laughs> <laughs> you laugh, but it's it is so true. It is so true. It's all out there. So, it's very interesting. But 
you know, you, you kind of mentioned, you know, everything here and, and you kind of touched on how they differ. You know, there aren't a bank branch where you can go and like you said, go find your Venmo account and, and, and pull out your money there. But what, how else do, do these things differ from the traditional assets we're used to? Well, and you probably have already touched on this and, and, and at least it, it, it's already come up when we've talked the last few minutes. There's not always a paper trail of ownership. Mm-hmm. It's not something I can put in my hand. Um, Obviously, with a car, there's a car title. With a house, there's a deed. With my traditional checking account at Chase Bank, there is an account statement that says Chase Bank and you know says Nick and Alicia Rosenbauer Trust on it because, um, of course, we funded our trust, uh, obviously. Um, so a little plug for, uh, for us there. And a lot of times... Not only is there maybe not a paper trail, but there may not even be a physical place that you can go to talk to someone and have them dealt with um, if there's problems, and you can't even go get it. I can go get my car. My car's in the parking lot, so I can go touch it right now. I can go to the bank if I have problems with my bank account, or I can go and withdraw the money. I can get that money in my hand. The house... Obviously, you know, I can go home to my house. It is physical. It exists. It is sitting there. Um, so a lot of these digital assets, you know, and especially investments, you know, you can go to your financial advisor's office um, and sit down and they can work with you and they can either, um, you know, they can help you out. And, and if you want to cash in all of your investments, they can send you money. So, you know, with these digital assets, I don't there's nowhere you can go to like withdraw your frequent flyer miles. Mm-hmm. They'll let you use them on a plane ticket, but you can't have them other than that. YouTube is not going to print out all of your videos and mail them to you. It just it doesn't exist. Same with cryptocurrency as well. Um, a lot of these are anonymous as well. So I think cryptocurrency, this is where one of the big... Uh, uh, debates with cryptocurrency is, um, from what I understand, Ben, you know, Bitcoin and things like that are extra secure, and they are harder to hack because they're totally digital. Um, they're also anonymous, so I, I guess, and then Ben, correct me if I'm wrong, if I understand, you know, someone having a, a Bitcoin account, which, uh, from what I understand, is called a cryptocurrency wallet, so it's basically mm-hmm. an account for your Bitcoin. Um, from what I understand, you can have those anonymously, so there's no name attached to it, like right. my checking account is. That's good for privacy, and I'm all about privacy, but there's no way to prove ownership. Okay, So if I have a million dollars in my Bitcoin account or my Bitcoin wallet, and I die, how does my wife come in and say, well, this was Nick's account. Or if I lose my login information, how do I tell them this is my account, let me back in? So proving ownership can be tough on some of these. Also, what if you make a uh, a social media account or a Gmail account that doesn't have your name? Right. So my, my Gmail account has my name in it somewhere, and it's pretty easy. But, you know, if my, uh, if my Gmail account was... Estate plan lover one two three four. <laughs> Who says that's me? Right. All right. How do you prove that? Um, and then obviously, of course, it's easy to lose it if there's nothing tangible. So again, if there's an online account, just not from you, but also think about your family. 
So if I die or get sick, how the heck is my family going to know about my Robinhood account? How are they going to know about my Bitcoin wallet uh, if I haven't told them? Because there's no account statement. No one gets account statements anymore. They're all digital. But you can't get into my email, so you don't know about it. Okay? Mm-hmm. So there, it just a lot of it, you just can never hold it in your hand, um, I think, is probably the best way to describe you know, what would constitute a digital asset. All right, guys, I'd like to take a second to uh, pause here and thank today's sponsor for uh, Complete Estate Planning Podcast. Today's episode, financial future is at the forefront of everyone's mind, especially when it comes to retirement. But what investment will give you a legacy that withstands the test of time? While investments in real estate have proven their stability, averaging returns of about 8%, an investment with equity and help will not only give you the best security for your financial future, but an even better return, averaging between 8 and 12%, obtaining both cash flow while leaving a legacy as well. Now, what if your investment helped not only you as the investor, but also hardworking American families in the process? At Equity and Help, they make the process easy by locating properties and finding the perfect family for a home that they might not otherwise have had a chance to own. That's investing with a purpose and turning a profit. Interested? Call your philanthropic investor, a consultant from Equity and Help at 844-552-8828 today or visit equityandhelp.com slash podcast to learn more. Yeah, and, and a lot of it, you know, it falls back onto the individual. You're kind of responsible for maintaining those records on your own. You know, as, as we move more and more towards this world, that's going to be your responsibility. And the better you do that, you know, the, the easier it'll be for your family. You know, much like with estate planning, Nick, the better you are with it, the more you actually sit down and, and lay out all the details, easier it's going to be, right? It's the same thing. But like with your with, with cryptocurrency, you have to have what's called a seed phrase, right? It's like 20-something words that that's the only way you can get back into that account. You have to have that seed phrase. So you'd obviously want to store that somewhere where it wasn't at risk of either getting into the wrong hands or, you know, getting caught in a fire or whatever else. Cause yeah. once that happens, you know, there is no getting back. There's not, there's not, there's not a huh. Bitcoin customer support waiting for you. Right. There's there's not a Bitcoin 1-800 number. No, no. <laughs> Although it would work perfectly. 1-800 Bitcoin. Has that been set up yet? We should probably do that. Oh, that's seven. That's seven <laughs> digits too, isn't it? It is. Let's buy that before this episode posts. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you think about these things, though, like what what are you telling your clients in terms of like best practices? Because it's still, I mean, it's this is all stuff we're all learning as we go, uh, and I'm sure it's the same case for you. A hundred percent. First off, it's a moving target, and and Ben, you mentioned it correctly, the tech five years ago versus 10 years ago versus 25 years ago when I was growing up. Yeah. Um, heck, the tech today is probably different than it's going to be a year from now. The first line of defense is obviously you want a good estate plan that will comply with whatever laws deal with digital assets. Okay. And I'll tell you this much, Ohio has a digital asset law they finally passed a few years ago. It was way behind. Most of them are, so you cannot expect these estate planning laws to keep up. You know, as soon as Bitcoin comes out, the Ohio legislature is not going to come up with new Bitcoin laws. Okay, the legislature is reacting to things after they've been created. Okay, but at the same time, you want to make sure um, that your power of attorney uh, allows your power of attorney agent to access 
your online accounts, your digital assets uh, if you get sick and someone needs to do that. And heck, even if it's something as simple enough to pay my mortgage payment, okay, we make our mortgage payment online. So someone being able to do that. So make sure that uh, is set up the right way with your uh, estate plan. Also, when you pass away, whether you use a will uh, or a trust, make sure your executor or your trustee has the power to manage and either pass the assets on, access them just the way they would a regular bank account. And again, obviously, need to make sure you have an attorney who's keeping an eye on this uh, because, of course, it is a moving target. So the one and done, uh, especially if you do a lot of online banking, a lot of online investing, if you're into these digital things, you know, like Ben is much more so than I am. So maybe some of our more tech-savvy listeners and our younger listeners, I think, in general, because they're going to have to deal with it. Um, I, I think they need to be aware and they need to make sure that this is an ever-evolving and it's ever moving target. Next thing to look in, and some of these platforms are doing this, not always. Okay. Okay. Some do, some don't. But some of these platforms allow for a digital executor. So they will actually allow you to designate someone who can manage and access your account after you pass away. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Facebook allows this. Um, I think they might I, now. I, I have not looked into it, but I think that could be the case, yeah. Yeah, I think Facebook allows a digital uh, executor, and then some places may have beneficiary designations. I, I'm guessing, you know, maybe Capital One, or at least the online bank and investings will, places will allow you to set up beneficiaries on who the money gets turned over to you. I'm assuming the anonymous cryptocurrency wallets probably not. Um, at least at this point, especially since if we don't even know who owns it, how do we know that the owner has died um, to pass it on? But a lot of these, um, some places, I think uh, Delta uh, is one of them, I believe, that allows you to have beneficiary designation on your frequent flyer miles. Okay. Because if you don't use those up, I think you can have someone else access them. And then as a fail-safe, as a backup, it's not the best thing to do, but I think you should do this in addition to everything we just talked about. Have a good index of your usernames, your passwords, your accounts, and all information. Have it written down. It's not foolproof. It's not the best thing in the world, and especially since they make you change your passwords every five minutes. Um, it can make things tough. Be careful with the security, too, because if the wrong person gets a hold of it, they can clean you out. But right. I think having a digital inventory somewhere is probably a good idea. So someone not only can get into things, but also there's a list of where they need to look. Mm -hmm. Like they need to know, I have a Bitcoin wallet. I have a Venmo account. Um, I have frequent flyer miles. I have a YouTube channel that gets advertising dollars. So it's always a good idea to have an inventory or a list so whoever is dealing with this after you're gone knows where to start looking. Because otherwise, if I died tomorrow and I had a Bitcoin wallet, no one's ever getting an account statement, right? So my family would never have a clue. So leave evidence behind. But again, be careful about the security. Obviously, right. you don't want someone to hack it ahead of time. And you need to make sure that the right person gets to it and not the wrong person. So true. So true. We, we talk about, you know, this traditionally in finance about how, 
you know, keeping your account statements and stuff handy. So at least your, your spouse or your family is aware of a different account you have. But this even goes a step further, right? And you probably even need to lay out details on like, hey, here's my, you know, my Bitcoin wallet. Now, here's how you actually access it. And here's how you actually get the money off of there. You know, like if somebody, because oh, yeah. if, if I handed any random person um, a wallet address, it's, it's going to look a string of numbers, right? In letters. They're going to have no clue what to do with it. So a lot of these things, you have to go a step further and walk somebody through this, not just with cryptocurrency, with other digital assets that you own. It's just, yeah, there's a lot to it. So this will be, I think, for our, our children's generation, Nick, might be a, a completely different conversation. They might listen back to this this episode and be like, what were these, uh, these, these boomers talking about back in, uh, <laughs> in 2021? But um, it, you know, it's all going to become very, very common then. But right now, we're all trying to figure it out together. A hundred percent. And I, I remember when I was in high school, I used to have a little pouch or with my trapper keeper. I'm sure you had one of those. Um, <laughs> yeah. I had a slot that had three or four, the three and a half inch floppy disks. We'd upgraded to the smaller yep. ones by then. Yep. Um, and I would keep a notepad of what reports or what papers were on which one. And you have to keep three or four disks with you. And you know, if you were one of the fancy kids, you would have different color discs, um, and you, you know, your parents would pay five dollars extra for the multicolor set of discs at Radio Shack. Mm. Um, and I mean, just, things have changed, and they're going to change, and they're going to keep changing. So um, it's weird. I don't even know what to say about what will happen five years from now because there'll be things that I can't even imagine. Um, but the long story short is let is find a way for people to know what you have, where to look for it, and how to get into it. That is the overarching general advice that I think will work forever. Um, and then in addition, obviously, do the best you can with the estate planning law. Okay, so make sure your plan gives your agent the ability to access these things um, so they're not just hacking it on your behalf illegally. It's the best you can do right now. Yep. Um, and again, I can't wait to listen to this episode 10 years from now and see how ridiculous and low tech it probably will sound 10 years from now. Yep. We well, you have your, your Bitcoin stacked up um, somewhere, <laughs> Nick. We'll, we'll look back on this. But seriously, though, do your best. That's all you can do. And, uh, you know, have conversations about this. And the best way to do that is with an estate planning attorney like Nick, who you can find online at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. There's a schedule of call with Nick Button right there on the front, plus a ton of other free resources like five reasons to avoid those DIY estate planning kits that you're familiar with. We've done an episode on that as well, but there's additional documents online. And we put every episode up there as well. So if you haven't subscribed to the show, please do that and then go back and listen to anything you missed. We've had a lot of great conversations along the way. And again, Nick, I think this is another one that I enjoyed going through with you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for those of you rolling your eyes, such as myself, I'm kind of in the old school boat as well. It's coming. Okay, things are going more digital. And especially, I think, with COVID, everyone being online and at home, virtual meetings. Mm -hmm. And a lot of places don't use cash anymore. So even digital, even traditional banking is going digital. So be aware of it keep records as much as you can and i guess don't fight it because you're not going to stop it absolutely that is so true well thank you for listening to this episode of complete estate planning we'll be back again soon with more great estate planning conversation and we hope to have you on with us then talk to you soon nick
The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.